0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast, the First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream, Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon.
1: from the book of Exodus, chapter 24, verses 12 through 18. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up onto the mountain of God. To the elders, he had said, wait here for us. "'until we come back to you. "'Look, Aaron and her are with you. "'Whoever has a dispute may go to them.' "'Then Moses went up on the mountain, "'and the cloud covered the mountain. "'The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, "'and the cloud covered it for six days. "'On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. "'Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord "'was like a devouring fire.' On the top of the mountain in the sight of the Israelites, Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became bright as light. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish. I will set up three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground, and they were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And they were coming down the mountain. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Was there ever a time in your life when you learned something much later than you feel like you should have? For instance, I learned the word imbecile before I learned that the lyrics to Silent Night say holy infant so, tender and mild. And not holy imbecile, tender and mild. For years as a child, I simply would not sing that line. I thought to myself, y'all can call Jesus' names if you want to. I'm gonna play it safe. I remember sitting in a tavern with my friend Ryan about 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago. And I was in the military at the time and Ryan and I are childhood friends. And every time my job brought me to Chicago, I made a point to see him. And this particular visit was filled with laughter and stories and joy while we sat there with a few of our friends. And I was looking around at the place and the decor And I realized I had a question I'd been sitting with for years and I decided to ask my friends. So I said, are jackalopes the only desert animals with antlers? And my buddies looked at me expecting me to go on, so I continued. I said, I guess I always thought antlers were for forest animals, but jackalopes can't be forest animals. At least I've never seen one and I've spent tons of time in the woods. So are jackalopes desert animals? And if so, are they the only ones with antlers? Motionless, mouths agape. My friends just stared at me. Ryan was the first to catch on, as is usual. He's the first to put things together. He said, Michael, there is so much to correct in everything you just said that we may not be able to correct it all. So I'll just skip to the most important part. Jackalopes do not exist. Not in the desert, not in the forest. They are not real. It felt like someone threw a wrench in my gears. I've seen jackalopes, not alive, but I've seen so many of them on the walls of diners and taverns and pubs all throughout the Midwest I pointed to a jackalope on the wall, and I said, then what do you call that? Compassionately, Ryan replied, that is a stuffed rabbit with antlers glued onto it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that, then, that, then that means, he said, it means that jackalopes are not real. After a heated debate between a very obstinate Michael And a loving but immovable group of friends. We finally turn to the settler of all debates. The great arbiter that is Google.com. And I'll save you some time. Jackalopes are not real. Um, I am still grieving that fact. I spent 29 glorious years in a world filled with jackalopes. Before Ryan and company brought that world to an abrupt and tragic end. New information can be apocalyptic. Not apocalyptic as in the end of all life on earth, but apocalyptic as in the end of the world as we have known it. Apocalyptic as in the end of all
0: jackalopes.
1: (laughs) The characters in our story had their world irreversibly turned upside down. They had journeyed with Jesus for a long time, they had seen Jesus heal the sick feed thousands of people with a few loaves of bread and two fishes. They'd witnessed Jesus' sermons and miracles, and yet they still hadn't seen everything that Jesus was. So Jesus takes them up the mountain. To the original audience of Matthew, this fact would have been very significant. To ascend the mountain would have signified for them that someone was about to receive divine knowledge. The knowledge that would come from ascending the mountain would not simply be an aha moment. This was a much bigger deal. Even bigger than learning the jackalopes are tragically only the product of taxonomists' imaginations. We're talking about Ten Commandments kind of knowledge. History is about to be made. The world will never be the same. And when they reach the summit that place where culturally divine knowledge is to be imparted, they see Jesus as they've never seen him before. He is transfigured into pure light, standing between two pillars of the Jewish people, Elijah and Moses, atop a mountain. The world they knew had ended. The time they had spent thinking of Jesus as a man, even as an extraordinary man, was over. Jesus was now something more for them. Peter is recorded as having a response that has been ridiculed for two centuries. Poor Peter. He wanted to house this theophany. I'll build you a tent. Moses and Elijah can stay too. But he was interrupted. God spoke an even greater arbiter than Google. This is my son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Then, after having their world ended and rebuilt in front of them, after seeing their friend and rabbi transfigured before their eyes in the company of Moses and Elijah, after hearing the voice of God declaring Jesus to be God's Son and Beloved, after being changed by seeing Jesus changed, they descended the mountain. Jesus never entertained Peter's suggestion. Jesus never considered staying on the mountaintop of Revelation. Jesus was always going to return to his people. How different the city must have looked to them after such an experience. How trite their former concerns must have seemed. I wonder, I wonder what values of theirs shifted, which of their held beliefs were emboldened and which were jettisoned after seeing this. When I was in divinity school, I was working as a street chaplain for an organization called Open Table Nashville. They provide direct support, presence and care to people experiencing homelessness in Nashville. Nashville is quickly becoming a major destination for predatory companies and wealthy people who care only for their profits. Affordable housing is being torn down to make room for million dollar condos that are only occupied six months out of the year while more and more people find themselves destitute, hungry, and exposed to the elements while they have to live on the streets. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. It's not just happening in Nashville. We don't have to leave the Twin Cities to see that happening. Every major city in the country. One particularly cold night in Nashville, we were rounding our beat to see who needed supplies to stay warm. We went to all of our usual places and checked on our people. There was a gas station we knew well and we stopped. A friend told us that he was all set, but he had met a man that night who might need a blanket. So we turned the corner, found the man he told us about. He was lying down at a bus stop. After introducing ourselves, Lindsay, the founder of Open Table Nashville, Lindsay and I brought him to the trunk of the car to see what supplies he might need. Your coat looks warm, but do you need a sweater for layers? I see you're shaking, my friend, Lindsay said to him. Oh yes, a sweater would help me so much. May I have one? Yes, of course, and a hat and gloves and a blanket and anything else we have that you might need. He took the sweater in his trembling, shivering hands and looked around for somewhere to change. I couldn't stop watching his hands. They shook violently. His whole body trembled. Do you need me to help you put it on? Lindsay asked. He turned and looked at me. And he said, don't laugh at me, sir. My eyes welled up with tears that he even felt he had to say that. I would never laugh at you, sir, I replied. He unzipped his coat, and that's when we saw that he had no shirt on underneath. No wonder you're so cold, Lindsay exclaimed, and she helped him into his sweater, put his coat back on him, and put a warm hat on his head, gloves on his trembling hands. And he asked us, what are your names? And after we told him, he looked first into Lindsay's eyes and then into mine. He said, Lindsay, Michael, I'm so proud of you. Then he said, I love you. And with that, he took his blanket and his pillow, and he walked back to his bus stop. Back in the car on the road, looking for more of our friends, I suddenly felt alien. I felt something had changed in me. I felt that somehow i had crossed a threshold and I could never return, but I didn't have words for it. So I rode in silence as Lindsay drove. Whatever you do to the least fortunate among you, the least powerful, the least privileged among you, you do to me, Lindsay said, breaking the silence. She said, I feel like I just put a sweater on Jesus. You did, I responded, and he spoke our names. (coughs) Lindsey smiled, and he told us that he's proud of us. We drove a a while longer in silence, and I looked out the window at the fluorescent lights and billboards, the million-dollar homes, the condos, the playground for the rich. And I saw the shadows, too. The footpaths into the tree lines, the stashed bags and sleeping bags in the bushes. I wonder where else Jesus is tonight, I mumbled. I wonder if he's cold somewhere. We'll check under the second street overpass again, Lindsay said. As we head into the Lenten season today we reflect on the transfiguration of Jesus, the opening of the eyes of his disciples. Not just an aha moment, but a theophany, a visible manifestation of God to humankind. This new knowledge that changes the way we see God and changes the way we see ourselves, it must not stay in our churches. It must not stay in our minds. It must come with us when we descend from the mountaintop and with us as we travel back to our homes, places of business, communities, and the goings on of our lives. To see Christ transfigured changes not just us, but everything and everyone around us. (coughs) This is my Son, the Beloved. With Him, I am well pleased. Listen to Him. May we listen and act accordingly. Amen. Mm -hmm.
0: We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at FCCStPaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.